Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, so let's try and wrap our heads around what is happening with uh, the interim board and cricket South Africa. We joined on the line by Sunday Time Sports reporter Kanyiso Chwako. Good evening, Kanyiso, and thank you for speaking to us again tonight on SAFM. Good evening, Chavisa. Good evening to the listeners. Well, we thought the drama would die down now after the interim board was appointed, but they are certainly not quietly going about their business. What do you make of how they've handled matters since they since they were appointed? That was initially my idea, where I thought that we're going to have a bit of a fight where we can actually focus on four-day cricket at a time. And clearly, um, boardroom matters just seemingly find their way to the middle of the pitch. Ah, uh, look, it's been... Look, fixing problems is never easy, to be honest. Um, I think they, the, the interim board did admit that they were going to walk into a minefield of issues. Um, I didn't expect them to walk into an, an internal minefield issue with regards to how they've handled the Umpilaramela matter. I mean, there was the issue of Harun Logat, the conflict of interest that was raised by the members' council to appoint the members' council, did not want to appoint them. But um, I think the members' council also realized that there was a bit more at stake than them. I'm just turning the nose up at the interim board. Now, I mean, with regards to Ompila, I mean, there, there is scope for disagreement on the board. But I think um, understanding how board matters operate, um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's democracy rules. You may not agree with a certain decision, but if a decision is made by, by the majority, you have to abide by it. And if, and if Mr. Ramela decided that he is not going to agree by that decision and he's going to figure, figure out his own way, um, I think it's time that he actually comes out and speaks on the public platform and explain, and explain because there have been two sets of, of, of communication that have come from the board that have explained um, Ramela's positions. I think now the onus is on him to actually explain his side of the story to the public that is unfiltered because clearly he's got differences with members on the board. There's a, there's a big difference of opinion between him and the retired Justice Zakia Koop. There's a big difference between him and former CSA CEO serving on the board, Naharan Loka. There's a big, difference of, a big difference of opinion between him and Judith February. So it's clear that um, if Ompelia feels that on, um, clearly the board has made their, 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 their position clear with how Ompelia has been in, to, be, to use inverted commas, Behaving. I think now it's only fair that Ompila actually gets on the public platform and explains his side because clearly we, we operate on the, on the notion that there's Ompila's version, there's the fourth version, and there's the truth. And we always seek to find the middle ground that is the truth. But I think also um, with the fact that um, when you look at the statements that have come out um, from the interim board, it's clearly interim board now, 20 Ompila now. So it's clear that Ompili actually, if he feels that he's got grievances that haven't been resolved by the board and that the minister, sports minister of Latin Church can't resolve, I think it's, 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 the, the onus is on him to actually go public and explain why he's actually conducted himself in, conducted himself in this manner. Do you expect him to fight to fight this matter? Because we have been told that he's actually continuing his work uh, like nothing has happened. Well, look, um, it's one thing being able to continue your work, but under what prerogative, under what um, premise are you going to be able to do that work outside of the board? Um, what are your inputs going to be like um, when the board has made it clear that you've been, firstly, you're accused and now you've been removed from the board? So under what premise is it doing the job? Um, so hence why I'm saying that um, I don't want to pass, cast aspersions on his behavior. Um, or on what he's been doing. But I think it's only fair that he explains um, his side of the story because um, clearly there's, there are some stories that um, my colleague, Sister Malipa, has been writing where he's explained what has been happening at board level. 
um, especially with matters surrounding um, Mr. Logart and um, Ompil in particular. But I think um, clearly the board is um, working on a route that is transparent. But if there is a difference of opinion between particular board members, I think, um, especially with the secrecy with which South Africa's board, South Africa's former board operated under, I think it's only fair that um, if there is dirt load, clearly which there is, I think the guys need to air it out because if you look at how things have been happening during um, under the former board, that matters um, came out either way. What the current interim board is doing is that they try to manage their own message they are by, by being transparent, um, by they are making sure that um, they are getting particular messages out. But it's clear that Ompile does not agree with certain matters um, that the board is dealing with and how they're dealing with them. And if he feels that, look, um, he's not getting a particular audience from the board, nor the sports minister, I mean, I think it's only fair that he actually comes out in public and says, this is how the board has been behaving. I think then in that way, then he puts the ball in the interim board's court to explain this out of the story. Because, I mean, there was a press conference last week, Friday, I mean, Thursday, where Justice Yacoub explained um, the, the, the obstructive manner in which um, Ompile, Ompile was behaving. And Ompile actually hasn't, has not rebutted that in public which for me is actually telling because if you feel that your, if your behavior is said to be obstructive and you don't immediately respond to that particular um, allegation, um, I think it, it then kind of sticks. And the fact that now he's been removed from the board on the basis that he has, him and his legal representative did not appear for a hearing, I mean, that can be constituted as obstructive behavior and, and most of the time that is, that, that is dismissible. Okay, well, you've just mentioned your colleague Tisetso Malepa at Times Live, and I see now he has actually um, done an article a couple of minutes ago having spoken to Umpile Ramela, and exactly what we were told behind the scenes, uh, Umpile says to Times Live that I'm still very much a director and a member of the CSA interim board, and uh, no authorized personnel, no structure has removed me from the board, so there's absolutely nothing to challenge about my directorship. And then he adds that some members of the interim board have attempted to hold the organization hostage including locking out some of us from board meetings but these will soon be dealt with and you can put me on record on this one that i remain a director and i'm still continuing with my work so that's what umpila ramela said uh, to times live a few minutes ago we did reach out to him and um, he did say to us that he can't speak at the moment but when he is ready he will speak to us and then can you so there was also the suspension of kogando governor the acting ceo yesterday did you see that one coming well, I mean, I did because her name um, her name did appear frequently with regards to one um, um, infractions of the Companies Act. Um, but we also remember that um, she was cited as the person who played a key role in the unfair dismissal of um, former sponsorship head Clive Vixie, and also she played a key role um, in the in the revoking of the credentials of journalists in last year's MSL. So I think the fact that um, Walsh was suspended and he was also a key part of Welsh part of the company secretary, he was suspended. I think at some point she was also going to be in the firing line. It's just a case of when. Um, so again, it, the, 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 an issue now would be, um, has, I mean, has the board followed the correct processes with regards to the suspension of, um, of Ms. Governor? Because, I mean, the, the, the issues around Ompile and the board started with the suspension of Walsh Quaza, where Ompile cited the fact that um, correct processes weren't followed with regards to the issuing of resolutions to suspend Mr. Quaza. 
So, I mean, the one thing that we need to, we hopefully that the board is avoiding is, is operating in a manner that um, one is, is bulldozing. Because look at the end of the day, um, the interim board is there to fix cricket South Africa. But they also can't go about it in the Machiavellian manner where they feel that the age justifies the means. Um, they need to set an example of a good corporate governance example, the one that was missing um, over the past two years at Cricket South Africa. So if, um, if, if that is missing and we turn and some and, and we discover that is missing, then it would be easy to say that um, the interim board is behaving in a, pretty, in a manner that is pretty much similar to the previous board. But I think so far they've gone for the two big guns that are available for them. I mean, um, the a former acting former CEO Tamamura has been fired. He was fired by the previous board, but now the interim board is guiding for other members of the executive. Um, that being now, it was Walsh Kwaza who's hearing took place on Monday the 14th, which was yesterday. And then there's now Ms. Kwaza who's also been suspended. So clearly now, having, having, having gone through the Pududzi report, they've identified who the key role players were um, in, the, in the coming apart of CSA. And if the form of the press of the law, which seemingly is the case with regards to the suspension of these two very senior managers, it's clear that um, the board is being guided by their legal advice, number one, and also being guided by what's in the report, which is, to be fair, um, what is, what is what should have happened when and should at the report being released earlier. So maybe I think what these two hearings could tell us are the reasons as to why the report was hidden for as long as it was. Okay. We're just going to take a quick break. Kanyeso Chwaku, Sunday Times Sports Reporter, speaking to us about what's happening at CSA. We've got a couple of voice notes also that we will play after this break. Sport on on SAFM. Before we go to the voice notes, Kanyeso, a lot of what you've just told us has played itself out in the media. Was that expected? Is that transparency or are you surprised at how it's played itself out? How it's played out? Nope. I think for my side, it's it's not surprising. And um, in that, if you look at if you look at the conniving that is taking place in the former CSA board of the members council, there was always going to be a measure of resistance once information came out. And now, now that the board is actually dealing with that information, they've decided to make it public because one of the issues with CSA at the time was the secrecy with which they operated in. I mean, there was a story that I co-authored with Isetso around July, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with regards to the changing of the terms of reference of um, the, this current uh, Funduzi report. I remember the former Cricket South Africa uh, President Christian Zani gave me a, gave us a very terse response as to how did we get that, how did we get those terms of reference, and we need to refer to the very same people who actually gave us that particular information. So what I think what the board, the interim board has striven to uh, strive to do is to be uh, forthcoming with information. But I think um, the critical part is that they need to be forthcoming with all information because, I mean, they've undertaken a very public duty. I mean, um, their releasing of the report was probably the biggest step that um, an administrative task that CSA undertook because it actually showed that they are on the clean path and they've got actually nothing to benefit. Um, which is important. So I think the critical matter now is for them not to waver from this transparency and explain at every step why they're doing certain things. I mean, at times, Justice Yakub does sound as a very, very strong world to a point where you feel that um, and sometimes I'm looking for a term in English, because I would say Amazwaki Ayasikai, like his words really, really cut deep um, with regards to how he explains how certain individuals operate. So um, if they continue on this path where they feel that by being transparent, they're cleaning out the cobwebs 
Um, look, it, it can only be a very good thing for CSA because it will then also lay bare as to who are the role players behind the scenes with regards to what you play for Cricket South Africa. Okay, we've got a couple of got one voice note here. Let's play it or two. Good evening to you, brother Tobiso and the listeners. If you look at all the sporting codes in the country and the difficulties that they are going through currently, we need some intervention from the Minister of Sports to rectify things. The sporting arena in all aspects has been decaying rapidly and that's not a good sign. We need to turn things around so that we can we are a sports loving country. We we deserve better. Thank you so much from chapter two. Hey, good evening, Tabisa. It's Libra here. You know, I read an interesting article earlier this morning where Michael Vaughan, a former English international, saying that uh, Australia will be reluctant to tour South Africa because of the shambles that are going on in South Africa. Uh, maybe Kanyiso can comment on that because this thing is killing our reputation, these board shambles, because countries are now even... I'm re- I'm the, these bio-bubbles are not going to be safe, that we're not going to see any cricket. What? You know, um, then secondly, the Nicholson report recommended that uh, CSA must have nine independent directors, people who are not in cricket, but people who are independent and are experienced in their respective fields, maybe legal, accounting or business sector. Is that recommendation going to be implemented? Thank you very much, Tabi. So it's Libra here. Okay, thanks for that, Libra. I'm surprised you didn't mention your main man, Vian Mulder, back in the test squad for the two-match series against Sri Lanka. You must be happy with that. Can you? So let's start with the one from Chapter 2. Um, he spoke about, about the sports minister and intervention. In this case, now that he's the one that appointed the board and the board is at loggerheads with each other, do you expect him to intervene or will he just let, do you expect him to just let this interim board do its work? I think um, he will. Let, I, I'll expect him to let the board do so because I think what Minister um, Mtetu has done is to remain hands off with this matter. I mean, let sports people sort out sports matters. So I mean, his approach was um, was was of detente with um, CSA's board until he realised that um, he, he needs to read them the right act and crack the whip with them, which was the case towards the end of October. Um, to find ourselves where we are. I mean, look. This was never going to be an easy process to fix um, cricket, to be honest. I mean, this has been, um, as Zebra rightly puts out, it's been, an, it's been an eight-year process that has led to where we are now. So a lot of things aren't going to be fixed overnight. So we need to admit to that very quickly. So, look, um, Mr. Mteta's, um idea of letting the board resolve issues, it, it is a good idea. You want, you want as little governmental intervention as possible. Um, because at times we've seen um, previous sports ministries, they haven't always quite at the, um, had, um, to put it this way, they haven't always hit the nail on the head when it comes to proper intervention. The intervention that took place at CSA through, through then sports minister Fikli Mbalula, um, was correct back in 2012. I mean, it set out, as Libra puts it correctly, it set out the Nicholson report. I mean, I just find it interesting that Australia is used as an example for proper corporate governance when they actually their own board um, which does comprise of independence, funny enough, actually went through its own turmoil. But these things happen. I mean, the thing with independence now is that everyone is for it. I am for it. But um, I think what the State Capture Commission has actually taught us is that independence themselves um, aren't always beyond reproach. Um, they can also make the very same mistakes that rank and file um, 
uh, provincial presidents can make, regardless of the qualification. But I mean, at least um, I, order, I often say that, I'll say it now in public, is that at least with independence, you've got guys of professionals um, where the first thing you can blame if something goes wrong is that you are good at your profession. How did you fail? And then you look at the person's profession before you look at the personal. Um, because I think the, one of the things that we often look at um, with provincial presidents and the inefficiencies is that um, you get a board member, a school teacher, and you ask them how are they going to navigate around fiduciary matters when you. Yeah, I know that sometimes school teachers are skilled differently, but you ask yourself, do you have a, a specific skill to deal with finance and remuneration matters? Because you need people who are properly skilled in that department. Um, so I think the issue of independence is one that's long overdue. And I think the issue now is also when independents are actually selected, you also need to look at fresh minds who have played sport, but who've also dealt with, um, with, with, with boardroom matters. A problem we have in South African sports is the recycling of administrators, whether they're non-independent or independent. You ideally want guys who have played sport, have gone outside of the game, work as professionals, and then come back and give into the game. We don't want a cycle where we see a board member who served at SASCOC, who served at SA Rugby, is now serving at CSA. That is not going to serve any purpose because that is a retreaded time. Yes, you do, you do want institutional capacity, but you also want someone who does not have any other sporting baggage they may bring into this particular, um, into this particular um, uh, organization. So the composition of the, of the independent board, especially once we move past the student board, is going to be very, very critical for the future of the game. And also one, that to give a direction into how South African sport needs to be run. Because I think at the end of the day that we need to come and understand that board mem- having board members um, from, a source, from association prisons is archaic and outdated. There's so much money in sports now. You cannot afford to have amateur administrators running sports. Unfortunately, that is the tr- that is the gospel truth at the moment. Okay, Kanye, so let's leave it there. I'm sure you've got some football that you want to watch, but thank you very much uh, for giving us some insight into what's happening here at uh, Cricket South Africa. Hopefully when Umpile is ready, he can also speak to us and give his side of the story because there are always two or even three sides of the story actually in matters like this.